0: When you talk about your emotional growth and the problems that you work through with your relationship, that's a little bit trickier because you're both working together to find out what that looks like. It's not pre; it's not on a map somewhere. Yeah, I mean, just look at every relation. Every relationship is a little bit different, so you have to work those things out together. So it's not only going down the path; it's creating the map together.
1: This week is part two of the interview with Warren and Betsy Talbot, authors of Married with Luggage. This is the couple who decided that they were going to recommit themselves to their marriage and so they sold all their stuff, packed up, and traveled the world. And they are still traveling. So enjoy the second part of this interview, which includes border bribes, the loss of 85 pounds during their travels, and what they have found most difficult while on the road. And so, okay, so people are going to be hearing this, and they're going to say, okay, so what is it that you guys now do that is sustaining this? Because it's one thing to sell off everything and travel, but now, how do you sustain it now that you have made that leap?
2: We um, we write. We're writers now. We we have now published four books. Um the latest is married with luggage, which is what we're talking about here today. And we make our living through selling books and being able to do that from a variety of places. Luckily, we live in a place and at a time when we can do that from anywhere in the world. We're very lucky and very fortunate to be able to do that.
0: We also have a weekly podcast where we talk about issues about love and relationships similar to what you do. I mean, it's an important issue and I think people are interested in hearing about that. And these are the ways that we make our living. I mean, honestly, we make a fraction of what we used to. Our bills are a fraction of what we used to. But, the, we're but so our life is exponentially better than it ever has been.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what's what's the name of your podcast so others can listen to it? It's the Married with Luggage podcast. <laughs> See, we have
0: no originality. Yeah, Everything is married simple. with luggage. Yeah. <laughs> listen,
1: simple branding. I mean, why reinvent the wheel, right? It's
0: very simple people. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We're going to yeah. have to have you and your wife on to be able to tell about how you're similar and to listen. And then we can grow you guys with all the questions. That'd be fantastic. Oh, she's going to want to sell everything tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm, a, yes. I'm so afraid of that conversation taking place.
0: <laughs> like okay, you can Steve, see, my... I have this, this saying for you that my friend always says, introverts unite separately <laughs> in your own homes alone. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so true. So true. Um, okay. So uh, with all the travels that you guys have now done and all the amazing places that you have seen and the experiences, uh, is there a favorite place the two of you have visited? Is it the same place or do you have your own, each individual place that is your favorite?
2: Um, for me, it would be Mongolia. Um, it's probably the most uh, unexpected joy that I had when I was there. It is unspoiled. Um, if you've ever been to the best example would be like think of like Scotland and what you imagine of Scotland with the rolling hills, but without any fences. So you will or go power lines, or power lines, or, or roads,
1: so
2: <laughs> hours and hours and you're sitting out there, you know, and we're, we go out to the middle of the Gobi Desert, and it's just the two of us and um, and a driver, and he takes us out to spend time with his family. And, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere and we're there communicating with this family as best we can. But we realize just how much beauty they are surrounded by and nothing. There is no light pollution. There is no roads, nothing in the middle of the Gobi Desert. It's been the most disconnected and the happiest I've been on this trip.
0: Mm-hmm. My my favorite changes almost every day. Really, um, you know, I love Spain because we're living there part time now. But I also think you know Scotland is beautiful. It's one of my favorite countries. I love the people. I love the countryside. Um, but also, uh, you know, Antarctica. You can't help but say that because it's so different than any other place in this world that you can go. Completely unspoiled.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I I think my wife and I are going to be taking a trip to Scotland next year. So. As that trip gets closer, I will definitely circle back and, and get some tips from you guys. Oh, absolutely. oh are you kidding? We and we have lots of from-
0: friends, too. Yeah. <laughs> you, may not,
1: you may not leave their house, though. I mean, just, like, after you spend the entire time, be like, what in the world happened to our vacation? <laughs> Um, Okay, so one of the things that I found interesting um, in the book is you talk about your love contract, which is essentially a review process on your anniversary about your relationship of what you're satisfied or dissatisfied with um, and how to move forward. Now, having this level of open communication is something that can obviously help your marriage. Do you have tips for somebody who reads this and thinks like, Oh, I, I like that idea. Um, but things that you have learned going by going through this process. I mean, is it like one of the things for me that is kind of scary is part of, I think what makes marriage great is that when you, when you marry somebody, uh, part of that, um, commitment is you don't have to worry about, um, Renewing a contract—it's you guys are set in stone. Now that's not to say that you don't have to prioritize each other and pay attention to each other and grow together and all that other right. stuff. But the but the contract is there. So making it an annual thing where there's this um, timeline of every year: Are we happy? Are we satisfied? Are we doing what we need to do? Uh, I guess what do you what do you say to all that that I just threw, <laughs> threw at you right there? <laughs>
0: Well, Steve, the way I look at it is you, exactly what you said. You you've made this this lifelong contract at the altar and you talked about how you need to prioritize that afterward, but so many people forget that and we forgot that. Yeah. And so the one-year contract allows us to to actually fulfill that big agreement that we said to each other. And it I think by having that out, it increases our likelihood every single day Of treating our relationship like it needs to be treated, I don't think we either one of us has ever gone into one of these contract negotiations thinking that either party is going to leave.
2: Yeah, and I think that we all have this romantic notion that love is just going to kind of carry us through. Love is all you need. need. Yeah, that's what the song. I can break the song now. But uh, (laughs) what what I found was that there is a need for some type of. and it sounds so terrible, but this structured element that you needed in order to have deliverables a, have a dialogue. Yeah. And so what we do is we go out in the morning, we've done it on heights, we've done it in um we've done it in pubs, we've done it in a variety of places around the world. But we take a piece of paper and the two of us have a list of questions and we have our ideas and we have kind of, you know, it's, I always call it our festivus, you know, experience Uh of all the ways that you've disappointed me (laughs) and the the peaks of strength is simply innuendo for sex later. And so, but to me, that's what I enjoy is I enjoy the idea that it sparks conversations that we've left unsaid for a year
0: but I think you really have to start with the way that we did with the the list how you want your life to look you have to have that foundation in place before you can implement something like this so once you have those conversations and you know the goals that you want to work toward then every year you can sit down together and first go into it with all the things that are working yeah I love the way that we did this this year I love the way that you did that I'm so proud of us for this that sets you up to have a beautiful conversation about about the state of your relationship and how it can be improved not what's wrong with it but how it can be improved
2: but when you wake up that morning when you step out and you decide you're going to have this conversation we walk into it with the best intentions Mm. that's what's most important is that the other person loves me and hopefully they're about to say yes but even if they're about to say no I can't I can't wander into this very big conversation in our relationship without a believing that she loves me and she wants to be there with me uh, for the next year. And the feedback she's given me is to make us stronger as a couple. And so that type of, of assumptions going in will make so many of your conversations, especially this one, so much better.
0: Well, frankly, going into the conversation, <coughs> if, you, if you think that you're going to be out of this, you're yeah. probably not going to enter into the conversation anyway. You're just going to say, I'm out of here or yeah. things aren't great. If you're entering in the conversation, that person says, I love you. And I think a lot of our relationship – and I want to live the best life possible with you. And this is how we're going to work it out.
1: Mm-hmm. I, and there, that is sexy. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think it. I. It, it's funny because there is a comfort in, in turning toward each other and wanting to be on the same team, um, which I think a lot of couples turn away from each other because it's easier sometimes than to face okay. some of the realities. Because you guys talked about some of the things that were um, – you know, not deal breakers, obviously, but some of the things that you were dissatisfied um, and and needing to to address those issues. Um, so I, I mean, I commend you guys for that openness and honesty because I I can't imagine. I mean, I I can understand how frightening it would be to really dig d- as deep as you guys have and and the things that you guys have done. Um, now, one of the things that you write about is all these like really crazy experiences that you have gone through. I mean you, you mentioned before you leaving you had to address a coup and and there was um embassy you know, the political shutdown of the government and possibly not being able to get to the embassy and like all these different things and floods and getting choked by a landlord. Um is there one unique experience that stands out for you and all the all the stuff that you've experienced in these last couple of years?
0: I think the best thing for me was when we had to do our first border bribe. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, I am an oldest child. I'm a very obedient child. I i am i am a rule follower. And the first time I realized that we were going to have to break a rule in order to, to make something happen and that we were able to do it together, that was a brilliant thing for me. And I loved it. And I still, to this day, out of all the things we've done, I think, oh, my God, we bribed a card. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I agree with that. That was going in from Colombia to Ecuador. That was drive, early yeah. on. That was early on in the trip, um, for me, I, there's so many things that are interesting that have really uh, impressed their in, themselves upon my memory. But I would say that for me, riding across the, um, we took a ship from essentially Antarctica to England for five and a half weeks as the only two passengers on mm-hmm. the ship. And my mornings would start where I would get up. We would go to breakfast. We would sit in this huge, you know. Uh, room have whatever we wanted for breakfast, and then we would. I would go sit on the bridge with the officers, and just whoever was on duty. And I would just learn how a you know I didn't know anything about a ship, but yeah. my it gave me a chance. I had nothing else to do. Where all I could do was feed myself with new information, and that gave me the freedom and the understanding. Kind of that point that I was making earlier about the six months. It was that moment when I realized that I have the freedom to learn about anything right now. I you know I can do that. I don't have anybody telling me what I need to do. I can just sit down and just spend my time on this ship learning about how these people live and what it's like to be on a ship.
0: It's funny that you picked that and I picked the thing about the border guard because both of those were sort of breaking the rules of convention because we weren't supposed to be on that ship. I mean, right. you, you met someone, you asked if we could go, they had Correct. to make a bunch of calls, it was all figured out. It was not a regular thing. And that's one of the things that I think has been so brilliant <laughs> discovering the world together is that a lot of times you can make up your own rules. We limit ourselves because we just don't ask.
1: Yeah. It's funny because I think a lot of people do that within marriage itself is they have this idea about what marriage is supposed to be. And then Mm -hmm. they can find themselves um, in that little box of what they think it's supposed to be. And for so many people, that convention of how it's supposed to be doesn't work for them. Um, And they, they, you know, they, start their careers and then have the kids and then they distance themselves from each other and then they're miserable for the next 20 years and that's that's it and they (laughs) wonder why it doesn't work for them and if you ask them what they wanted to do they might say i would like to jump on a ship by ourselves and go from antarctica to england you know that's uh but but we, we we limit ourselves as to what the possibilities could be if we just got rid of all those boundaries
2: and i think it's a wonderful freedom i know that you know we believe that there is no there's no right way. You know, if you want to be a polygamist, if you want to, you know, go and be a naturist, if you want to travel the world, to me the issue is just removing the boundaries of what you think is possible and just going out and doing it. There is no right or wrong there. It's just simply your own perspective of what you can do and what you want to do, and then figuring out a way to do it and finding people who can support you along the way. I think that's really critical as a couple, you know, is going out and reaching out to other couples who have done something like you want to do and just asking them the question, what was it like, what were you scared about? Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you every one of those people in every one of those scenarios I talked about had fears going into it.
0: Well, it's not only that, it's surrounding yourself with supportive people overall, because I would say the vast majority of our friends do not want to have the life that we have. No. I mean, they may say that they do, but in reality, they don't want to give up everything that you have to in order to live this way. But we have an incredible group of friends that are so supportive of us. And we didn't used to have that. And I think that was a big, um, a big lack in our lives. And part of the reason that we were so unhappy together, because we didn't have role models. We didn't have that support system in place. Now that we do, I can't imagine ever not having our life this way.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, realized that I just said. Uh, I realized I said, I think I said polygamist, not poly, uh, polyamory. Didn't I? Yes, you did. No, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what I, uh, no, I just want to point out. That I'm not. I'm not advocating. Uh, I'm not advocating you become a polygamist. I, I, uh, if you want to be a polyamory? That's a whole other thing. Yeah.
0: Define, define uh, your own life. Don't actually go out and break yeah, the law. Don't yes. let yes. <laughs> uh, um,
1: and, and you know, you talk about. Um, how some of your friends come and visit with you guys and different things of that nature. And I was, and you, and you kind of brought this up a little bit, but so how, how do your friends take all of this? Um, You're, you're traveling around the world and them not really knowing (laughs) from one day to the next, where you may be sometimes, obviously you have your house in Spain now, but, um, but as we're talking today, you're in Portugal. So how do your friends take all this?
0: Well, they, they, for the most part, are very supportive. We have a really progressive, liberal, um, adventurous group of friends. They're all doing great things in their own lives. And so they're supportive of what we're doing. And we stay together through through, through Facebook, Skype. through Skype. We have lots of Skype dates. Um, you know, they may be drinking coffee and we may be at happy hour um, because of the time difference, but it doesn't matter. We stay in touch. And that's one of the things that we learned is that our relationship is important and we do the work to maintain it. But we also realize that those Outside relationships are important too, and you can't let those go to the wayside. You can't say, I'm too busy, we'll catch up later. Gosh, I wish I had time to spend with my friends. What you do every day says what your goals are. So, if you're not staying in touch with your friends, I mean, we learn this the hard way. You have to make it a priority, and we do.
2: But I also think that there's a large element that says that when you go, when you make a dramatic change like this, what occurs is that. It's not the big events that we really miss with our friends. It's those Tuesday night, you know, just pop in and have an impromptu evening and you do a game night. That's what we miss. You have to give that up. In every major decision that you make in life, you're giving something up. And we recognize that. We try our best to be able to stay connected with our friends and everything. But in the process, we've made new friends around the world that we are visiting with. And so that, you know, it pulls at you sometimes. And There's moments when you're upset but you have to realize what
0: you're getting as well. But it's really an embarrassment of riches at this point. It I mean, is. we do. I have <laughs> yeah. nothing to com- uh, nothing to complain about. We have wonderful friends from before we left, and we have dozens of great new close friends since we left that we see on a regular basis, maybe sometimes more than our old <laughs> friends. <laughs> um, but, but we do. We have lots of friends.
1: Okay, so uh, this will be my last question for you guys. Um, now, you mentioned – a lot of some of the physical struggles that you guys have encountered um, because it is, I mean, traveling can take a physical toll, um, but you also describe quite a bit about the emotional growth that you have um, been on. What has been tougher on you both, the physical or the emotional?
0: Oh, I would say absolutely the emotional, but physically, holy crap i mean holy cow we've lost 85 pounds together um we're buffer than we've ever been i I mean all that's been great and it happens naturally through the course of living the emotional stuff takes a little bit more work yeah
1: yeah
2: last year we did a so for example last year we did a 500 kilometer 300 mile walk in southern turkey Physically that was hard, but nothing as difficult as it took to be able to figure out how to spend 24-7 together. The issues, I mean, of how do we communicate? How do we not, you know, how do we get our own time? Again, going back to that Mm introvert-extrovert, once we had that realization, that was only part of it. How do we work through all those elements of what it takes and what she needs and what I need has been really challenging. It's been so rewarding. We're much closer than ever before. But I kind of look at that turkey hike and say, You know, that was amazing what we did. But what I learned out of that hike, and as we wrote about in the book, it's the emotional things that we learned through the course of the hike that I remember.
0: Well, I think it's because you have a map for the hike. You know, I need to get up today, and I need to walk so many kilometers to get to the next spot, and then, you know, that's what I need to do today. I need to have food and water along the way. When you talk about your emotional growth and the problems that you work through with your relationship, that's a little bit trickier because you're both working together to find out what that looks like. It's not pre—it's not— On a map somewhere. Yeah, I mean, just look at every relation. Every relationship is a little bit different, so you have to work those things out together. So it's not only going down the path; it's creating the map together. Mm -hmm. That's
1: that. That that is such a great way to put it too, because you're right. There is no map for that emotional journey that you're going on, whereas the physical one, it's all plotted for you. You're exactly right. Um. Well. So, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. Um, for those who are listening to this, uh, this is going to be the second part. I'm going to cut this podcast in half. So if you're listening to this, what I'm saying now, this is part two. Um, I will uh, go back and listen to the first part, which will have been posted the the previous week. So do check that out. Um, but before we go, uh, Warren and Betsy, I want to Well, first, thank you so much for your time and taking all this time out. I I was like, oh, 20, 30 minutes. And here we are almost an hour into this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So (laughs) thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, hearing hearing your stories, uh, it's a great pleasure. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you, oh, thank Steve. You, this Steve. has been a great conversation. I yeah, really, really loved enjoyed it. it.
1: Love to connect with people that are of like mind with you and your wife as well. Uh, so before we go, though, I do want to give some information to our listeners. Okay, so your book, once again, is Married with Luggage, What We Learned About Love by Traveling the World. Uh, we will post a link. Uh, we'll put it in our bookstore on our website, uh, but we will post a link. I'll put a link next to the podcast uh link on our uh, podcast page uh but where else can they find uh your book this, not just this one but like as you mentioned you guys i mean this is what you do you, you write and you have your podcast so where can they find all that information you can find everything you want to know about us
2: our podcasts and our books at marriedwithbuggage.com
1: all right. That's simple enough. And, uh, and how about the social networks? Are you guys on Facebook and Twitter and all the other good stuff?
0: We have a great community on Facebook at Married with Luggage. And um, every day we're posting pictures and videos and status updates. And there are some really um, interesting people that follow along. So you'll you'll definitely want to enjoy the conversation there.
1: Okay. Awesome. So uh, check that out, MarriedWithLuggage.com. And uh, I think we're also going to post an excerpt from the book, Married with Luggage, so if you listen to this and you want to get some more specific detail about actually what transpired during their travels, uh, do a search on the website for that, um, or, you know, better yet, go buy their book and get all their stories so uh or at least all the ones are willing to share with us (laughs) so thank you warren and betsy so much and uh hopefully we reconnect in the future i had a really great time and i i'm I'm assuming you're going to have another book out sometime in the future that we can discuss
0: absolutely next year we have another one coming out and we'd love to share it with you
1: oh sounds good all right thank you guys and we'll talk again soon thanks steve all right bye All right, that is going to do it for us this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, go back to episode 322 to hear part one. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher. uh, Or you can always find it on our website, hitchedmag.com, under the podcast link. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care, everybody.